This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast. My name is Mike Hurton. If you haven't subscribed yet, what hell, that's not cool. Do something about it. This is episode number 60, and <laughs> yeah, I'm still at it. In this episode, I sit down with Hayden Nelson Chorney of Tailout Brewing Company in Castle Guard, British Columbia. Hayden tells me how they wound up dealing with the COVID shutdowns right after opening, how their opening day stands out as a milestone for him, and tells us why him and his partners chose the location they did, Castle Guard, British Columbia. Yes, that's right. That's Canada. Yes, that's right. Our neighbors to the north. And yeah, that's right. It's the first brewery that I interviewed outside of the United States. So yeah, that's right. Cultured. So yeah, that's right, I am a fancy boy. <laughs> yes, that's right. Stick my pinky up in the air when I sip on a darn beer. And yeah, that's right. Should sit back, crack open a beer, enjoy the podcast, so I can stop talking like this. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin. This is the Brew World Order Podcast, and today I'm with Hayden Nelson Chorney co-owner of Tailout Brewing Company in Castle Guard, British Columbia. Hayden Nelsachorny grew up in northern Alberta in a town called Beaver Lodge. When it came time to go to college, Hayden moved to Edmonton to attend the University of Alberta for biology. After graduating, he moved to Banff to work as a fisheries biologist at Banff National Park. While working at Banff, he also decided to get his master's in conservation biology. He was working for the federal government doing trout recovery for about 10 years before he decided he had had enough of not being his own boss. One night he was having some beers with some buddies that he homebrewed with when they decided why not open a brewery of their own. Hayden and his friends had been making some small batches of homebrew beers for a while now and thought it was pretty good. After that they went on their search for a town that was in need of a brewery. Their main focus was finding a town without a brewery that was adjacent to a lot of fun activities like fly fishing, hiking, and skiing, to name a few. The group, which included Hayden, Ken Christensen, Mike Davidson, Bruce Watson, and Travis Veerbeek decided on Castle Guard, British Columbia. They opened their doors to the public in November of 2019. And Hayden is here with me today. Hayden, how's it going? I am excellent. How are you? All right. Just dandy. You had opened up your brewery in November of 2019. COVID wound up being rampant around that time. Uh, Shutdowns and and everything came about. Uh, How did you guys go about dealing with that being a brand new brewery? Well, it certainly wasn't the easiest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Right. Um, basically, uh, St. Patrick's Day of March 2020, uh, it was a full shutdown in, in BC for for basically everybody. Right. So uh, we we basically laid off all our staff um, except for myself, and we we were the only thing we were allowed to do here in BC was to do off sales. So basically, we. When we when we first started, we weren't really doing any packaged product. It was all tap tap room based. Okay. So we had an October steamer, and so I was in here canning about thirty flats a day, one can at a time, and then labeling them all. And so I think over the course of the summer, till we started to reopen a little bit again, I think I canned eleven thousand cans one at a time. So that's sort of how we switched. Wow. Sounds tedious. Yeah, sounds a lot. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it. 
so you uh, told me a little earlier why you chose uh, the area you chose because there had been no brewery in that area and, you know, you wanted a lot of fun things around it, uh, fly fishing, skiing, all that. When you finally found that location and decided to open, from the moment you found that location to the moment you actually opened the doors, what would you say was one of the hardest things for you to deal with? Well, so the, there's a few things. I think the regulatory process was really difficult for someone who's never been in the industry. We had to, we leaned on a lot of friends that, that we made sort of in the course of construction and they helped us through a lot of those regulatory hurdles. Okay. And then just doing construction, you know, you go into a space and you have this dream and you envision what a brewery, what your brewery wants to look like. Right. And then actually making, actually making that happen is is not always that easy. I mean, we did a, a huge portion of the of the work here ourselves, but there's definitely trades that you need to get involved and in. just organizing that and then having the cash flow to pull it off is um, no easy feat. Right. Yeah. Speaking of, how, how did you go about um, finding the capital to fund your business? So there's, um, there's five main in- investors, and so we all put in a pile of cash, and then we have a... Um, business loan for the equipment okay and then i was kind of just scraping whatever cash you know we ha- we all had left uh, near the end just to get the bills paid before we opened the doors right and what was that that aha moment for you that actually made you want to open a brewery so uh, i was living in canmore and a new brewery had just opened there and my my partner, she's a brewer, she was a brewer there, and so just seeing sort of how they interacted with each other and how they interacted with other businesses and just the lifestyle seeing sort of up my alley. I mean, breweries are, you know, they're not dive bars. People are here to hang out and meet new people and go on adventures and talk about those things and just, just sort of be around cool people all the time, and that's what I wanted to do. And uh, after, obviously, besides a, a pandemic, what was something you never thought you were going to have to deal with when opening a brewery? You know, mass closures of the business. Didn't really think I'd have to deal with that. Yeah, right. Um, the, <laughs> I don't think uh, anybody did. <laughs> I, I think the biggest one for me is just uh, the constant amount of hurdles. It always seems like you, you pass through something uh, that seems almost insurmountable, whether that's you know, funding or say switching from from just a tap room to a package product or whatever that may be, there's always another hurdle and you always have to be constantly willing to learn. And, and if, if you're not flexible in the way you run your day-to-day operations, then you probably aren't going to survive very long. It's a very, it's just a very fluid business. Yeah. As far as qualities go or quality, what, what do you think that you possess that makes you a good business owner? Well, I mean, I think the way we, t- the way I t- treat the business is that it's it's a family. So this, it's uh, we're a small brewery. We have four employees, including myself, um, and so we treat it as a family. And I think that reflects that our customers can tell that we treat it like a family. We're very, we're very close. Uh, we the way we interact with customers is the same as we'd like to be treated, and we're, we're very inclusive. Um, we like to. We like to talk about the things that we want people to talk about in here. So we go out and fish, and we go ski, and, you know, we go four by four and or whatever that may be. And right. uh, all of our customers are into that as well. And, and uh, you know, you pair that with uh, a couple of delicious pints and hard to go wrong. Yeah, right. 
Sounds like a good time. I hope it's a good time. Yeah, right. For sure. Uh, and what do you think is one of the biggest lessons you've learned so far since opening? Oh, man. I feel like there's been a thousand lessons. <laughs> um, a big lesson is something you think is potentially easy. But I, I don't know about other breweries, but I mean, so definitely something I talk to, everybody sort of comes up with the idea. And it's like, ah, how hard could it possibly be? And it's... Uh, it's hard. Um, so don't, I've, I've just learned not to overestimate or underestimate um, anything in this business. Some things you think will be a cakewalk and they're super difficult and then other things you think are super difficult are going to be not so difficult. Adapting to constantly changing situations but certainly those are just lessons that I, I literally learn every day. Right. Uh, I'm sure you've come across Many people in the beer industry, as you had mentioned before, um, who who do you think has inspired you the most in the beer industry, though? Oh man, these are hard questions. Uh, <laughs> I'm um, sorry. I mean, we're super lucky in the Coonies <laughs> here to have a ton of breweries and um, a ton of really awesome people. Um, so we have. Um, there's a brewery, Angry Hen Brewing, in, in Caslow, which is a small town north of Nelson. And um, they have helped us through basically everything since we started. They continue to help us now. And um, just just people like them, just these kind-hearted people that are willing to, to lend a hand when you need it and to offer advice, that's kind of what really inspires me to also pass that on to other breweries. So we've helped some some new breweries kind of come up and help with those same regulatory hurdles or whatever questions they may have. And I think honestly, just knowing all these people who are super nice in the industry inspires me to also be super nice and helpful and just a better person. Right. Yeah. Almost like a, a big brother, so to speak. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, pass it on, pass it on down the road. Yeah. It's been, it's been so nice. I, like, I, I honestly, we wouldn't have been able to open without, without the other help of these people. So. Yeah, right. Is there a moment for you that kind of sticks out that uh, you kind of sit back and you're like, wow, we're, we're somewhat successful or we, we've made it? And uh, also, how do you define success? Well, there's definitely been a few moments in the brewery where I'm totally blown away and you have to take a step back to sort of take it all in. So the first one would have been our opening day. We right. We didn't announce it at all. We just had we had cardboard all over our windows, and then we just took it all down right. and opened the doors. And uh, two hours later, the place was packed, and it was packed for the whole weekend. So, that's awesome. That is I mean, awesome. that's that's super humbling, right. and um, uh, just the support of the community. Definitely, those sorts of feelings make you feel like you've made it. You've made the right decision. And then you know, we did after COVID. Um, we, like I said, BC is sort of just slowly opened up again and we had our our second birthday party a couple weeks ago and the same thing happened just like opening it was just so much support from from the community that was in here and we had uh yeah it was just an awesome day and that yeah just you take a step back and like oh yeah this you know i made the right decision um and this is super cool (laughs) and then as far as as far as gauging success i mean there's like you know there's a million ways to gauge success yeah right for sure just being open and surviving covid is uh 
is a huge success. And I think if you can survive something as catastrophic as a global pandemic and multiple closures and changing your business plan, I think that in itself is a, is a success. And just uh, being in a being in a community that I didn't grow up in and being embraced by the community as a business and as a person, you know, that's also a huge success. That's what I, that's what I always hoped would happen when we moved here. So yeah, I think those are the two big things. Right. Yeah. It's a great, I'm sure it's a great feeling. And like I said, um, happy birthday, two years. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. yeah, man. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, but you know, I'm sure throughout the two years, there's been a lot of stressful moments and a lot to take in. How important is a mental break for you? And what does that look like? Mental breaks are absolutely essential, and I admittedly haven't probably been, been taking enough of those. I don't know if any business owner has really been doing it over the last little bit. Right. But, um, you know, for me, uh, I do uh, I do an annual steelhead fly fishing trip up in northern BC, and that's my huge reset. So I get ideally ten days to two weeks of time away from my phone and away from computers, and just totally unplugged. And I'm and it's just me out there in the river, and, and that is um, totally resets me. And I've been doing that for years before I even started the brewery. And, and I, I mean, any job you have is there's stressful times, and you need to take a break. And uh, it's important to recognize that you need a break. So, um, it, but it's hard. I mean, when things appear to be crashing all around you, you know, especially with COVID, it's, it's tough to want to take a step back and and just say, hey, you know, like if I keep going the way I am, I'm not only going to burn out, but the business is going to burn out. So right. being fresh is uh, is super important. Yeah. You almost feel like you got to be resilient all the time and, and never take a break. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, you, you can't be. There's a burnout. You can't, you can't have. You, yeah, you can't have the, the world on your shoulders all the time, right? And that's right. why yeah, it's, it's important to surround yourself with really good employees that you can trust. And, you know, when you need that break, you can you can pass that on to to the people around you and, and that helps a lot yeah for sure nothing like uh, having a trustworthy employee absolutely and you said you've been open for two years what do you think's been the the biggest change uh in the last two years in the industry for you favorite question uh what was your gateway beer into the craft beer world yeah there's been a few so i actually so when i when i was first doing my undergrad i was working for uh, uh this guy a, friend, a good friend of mine now from from idaho and he brought up all these fancy beers uh that i'd never had before you know i was drinking molson canadian and right molson Pilsner right here and then uh, he comes up with all these american style ipas right and so that's really what what changed sort of the way I, I thought beers were. So probably my first my first beer that I can 
I can think of that sort of totally changed things for me was uh, I had a triple IPA from Pike Brewing in Seattle, and that was uh, pretty intense and pretty wild. And, yeah, right. And that sort of got me on the yeah, that sort of got me on the IPA train. <laughs> and now, of course, there's you know there's millions of IPAs, but those uh, those big West Coast IPAs are uh, yeah changed things for me for sure. Yeah, right. That's a little extreme to go from. Uh... You know, from Molson, Molson to uh, a triple IPA, man. That's that's intense. <laughs> you may as well go. You may as well go all in, right? Yeah, right. Zero to sixty. That's great. Uh, <laughs> so, what's next for your brewery? Uh, what does the future look like for a tailout? So, I think the thing for us will be expansion um, with within our space. For now, we're right now we have five uh, ten hectare fermenters. And, Heck brights, and so we're we're looking to get a few more fermenters this this winter. We re, we probably only have space for maybe three or four more total, so we'll probably do two this year. Right, and then sort of start to expand our range of can sales. So right now we're just in the in the West Kootenays, and we're pretty much selling all the product we can. So with a hopefully with a few extra tanks, you know, we can get into the Okanagan and expand our range um, to people. And then in the tap room, you know, we just want to keep making this sort of the place to be in town and have lots of concerts and uh, events and and yeah I mean I want this I want the tap room to be bumping every night if we can if we can swing it so yeah absolutely if you can have a party every night yeah I'm sure that'll be uh, really good for business <laughs> absolutely you know? I mean I don't know too many people that party on a Wednesday night but um, if, if you can find them <laughs> God bless you hey we got we got we got a college here, so there's some parties on. Oh, night. awesome! Yeah, I, I I imagine so. Uh, and if somebody came to you with and asked you for advice for opening their own brewery, what would you tell them? There's probably a few things. Um, I would first say to make sure you whatever number you come up with, probably triple it. Okay. How much you think you're going to spend? I've heard that. I've heard that, that before. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I go across the industry. And just, um, you know, when I, when I first started, I had thought, you know, this will be a lot of work. It was way more work than I had ever envisioned. So you can't go into this business with sort of one foot in the water and one foot on, on land. You gotta, you gotta jump in and you have to be fully immersed in it. Right. And if you, if you don't do that, you're not going to make it. Yeah. And, uh, did you happen to have a funny story for us? Yeah. So, um, I was out doing deliveries one day and I come back to the brewery and I open the door and it's pretty early in the day. So I think there's maybe three people in the tap room, but one of those guys is another brewer at a, at Roslyn Brewing and he comes up to me and is like, there's like something going on in the back. So I walk to the side door of the brewery and there's all this purple liquid spilling into the tap room. I'm like, Oh no, what's happened? <laughs> and they were transferring a elderberry lemonade sour. Oh Jesus. And, uh, the assistant brewer took the wrong tri-clamp off and there was, Oh shit. 300, 300 liters of beer, uh, all over the floor. And it was just, everything was purple. She was soaked. Our, our brewer, Mary, she, she managed to get a valve on there and close it. So we didn't lose a ton of product, but, uh, yeah, our, our sister brewer, she was covered head to toe in elderberry lemonade sour. <sighs> There's so much she had to sit on a crate and move, take her boots off. And they're, they're just totally filled with beer. Yeah. So I think I, I think I might have saw the, uh, the post where she's emptying them out. Yeah. That's the one. That is, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, well. 
Yeah, it was quite the surprise. Yeah, so yeah. everyone wants to check it out on Instagram. So, it's definitely on there. Yeah, so she didn't look like Grimace, but she did get soaked. Gotcha. <laughs> she did get soaked. She was, <laughs> she was fairly miserable for a couple hours. That's yeah, for sure. I imagine so. I have a little segment, Quick Fire 5, five quick questions via related. Ready? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Somebody walks into your tap room. What's one of the beers on tap you recommend they try? Single Spade IPA. Single Spade IPA, okay. Uh, yeah, it's West, West, West Coast style. It's awesome. All right. Uh, favorite brewery other than your own? Angry Hen Brewing. Angry Hen. Okay. Yeah. Favorite style of beer? I gotta go with the IPA. Gotta go with the IPA. Okay. Last beer that you drank that blew you away? Hmm. Um, I had a really, really great uh, orange infused hazy IPA from Torchlight. Brain uh, and Nelson. That was really good. All right. And you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two-week quarantine. What beer are you choosing? I'm going to probably take the single stay IPA, to be honest with you. Yeah? All right. I don't, I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if it would last two weeks, though. Hey, man. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you can finish a whole keg in under two weeks, God bless you. <laughs> well, Hayden, that's all I have for you, man. Awesome. Thanks very that's much. It. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast, here with Hayden Nelson Chorney of Tail Out Brewing Company in Castle Gar, British Columbia. Thank you, man. Thanks, buddy. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Hayden Nelson Chorney of Tail Out Brewing Company in Castle Gar, British Columbia. Whether you're passing through, you live in the area, or just visiting a friend nearby, please check them out. Also, give them a follow on any one of their social media outlets. Every other Sunday, I'll be releasing a new episode, so subscribe and you'll never miss one. At least I hope not, because I love when you listen. Also, be sure to check us out on social media, because, yeah, we need the followers as well. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brewer World Order Podcast. You stay safe out there.